Hey, hey, Donna Price here, the host of Visionary Womenpreneurs Radio. I am thrilled that you have joined the show so that you can hear from Visionary Womenpreneurs, their journey to success, the challenges, the hurdles, the successes, and the celebrations to making a difference in the world. We believe that Visionary Womenpreneurs impact not only their families, their customers, their clients, but also their communities, and that ripples out into the world. When you're a successful entrepreneur, you make a difference. This show is all about how to do that, how to become a visionary womenpreneur and make it big in the world. I'm excited to bring to you guests and episodes focused on business building strategies for your success. So let's get started. Welcome to Visionary Womenpreneurs Radio. Hi, this is Donna Price, and I want to welcome you to Visionary Womenpreneurs Radio. Today we have Adele Stickland, mom of three, is the founder of Get Gorgeous, an online platform dedicated to inspiring and empowering women to have great health. While working in an ambitious and stressful full-time job, Adele juggled keeping herself safe and nurtured while caring for her family. After a decade of infertility, she crashed out and pursued her passion in health and Pilates. She has educated hundreds of women on the role of nutrition, movement, and having a healthy mindset. She has worked in the health industry for 20 years, Her website and blogs reach hundreds of people every month, and hundreds more attend her live Pilates classes, workshops, and retreats. A powerful combination of personal experience and industry background means that Adele is ideally placed to understand the needs of women looking for solace in their minds and gorgeous bodies. I want to welcome Adele Stickland to Visionary Womenpreneurs radio and podcast. I am thrilled to have you here. So Adele, welcome to Visionary Womenpreneurs. I'm so thrilled to have you here and talk with you again. Hi, lovely Donna. It is an honor to be here and chatting to you. We had such a good conversation last time we spoke. We did, and I think today's going to be equally fun, especially because I've um, gone through your book and I'm excited about talking more about your book and the work that you're doing. So let's get started. where to start? Your book has so many pieces of wisdom in it. So I wanted to kind of go before that and talk about how did you get into business and how did you get started? Oh, good question. Babies. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. um, babies kind of force your career, don't they? They, <laughs> they do when you want to have like time freedom and flexibility for sure. Yeah, so I started off in the corporate world um, here in the UK and I lasted up until my first child was born and I couldn't continue. There was no way I could continue. I was in the world of marketing and advertising. I was taking phone calls at 10 o'clock at night when my children or my child was asleep in the next room um, and it was too much. It was way too much. Um, I crashed 
crashed out of corporate life and I started my own business. I started off as a fitness instructor. I retrained and it was so fascinating because I have quite um, an academic background. I studied, with my, I had a law degree and I did my post-grad marketing degree. So I was a chartered marketeer and I thought, well, becoming a fitness instructor, really easy. You know, that's not going to be hard. Yep. Oh, it was. It is a completely different set of skills, um, things that you've got to uh, set to memory physically rather than in your head. Um, and it's also caring and looking after people. So a whole set of skills that I wasn't um, using before. So I turned into, changed into a fitness instructor because it gave me the hours that I needed to be at home and to look after my family. And then it just grew from there. I got interested in Pilates. I was obsessed with posture and alignment. And my clients were asking me more and more questions about nutrition. And so it grew. And then we'll look, I was looking after my local face-to-face -face clients. But I also had a growing response online in the UK and eventually international. So it just kind of organically grew as my interests grew my client base grew as well but i think it's only in the last three to four years that my online presence and the book has come around and so that kind of made things move on quite considerably for me Definitely, definitely. So first, I want to just get a definition of like, what is Pilates? Oh, <laughs> well, Pilates. Words like you hear, but I'm never sure what it really means. Oh, uh, well, it's actually a name of a gentleman. It was, okay. uh, don't let me get too boring, but I could talk about it for a long time. But Joseph Pilates was a German and he um, was all about posture and it was originally for the dancers, people that were high skilled, athletic dancers who had an injury. Yeah. So it was all about keeping your core really strong, your abdominals and your back and your shoulders really strong so that you could work on certain injuries like a knee or an ankle or a hip or wrist. So you weren't affecting that area. And that's how it was created. But there's a big story about Pilates, Joseph Pilates. He was quite an eccentric character. He was German born. And whilst I think it was the Second World War, he was interned in England because he was in England at the time. He was working in a circus and um, he was interned in a camp in England because he was a German national. And at the, at the end of the war, and it must have been the First World War, it was the end of the First World War, there was a huge outbreak of influenza and nobody in Joseph Pilates internment camp suffered from influenza. So wow. he took this wonderful discipline over to America. That's when he started to get big in New York. Um, and it has trickled down to everything that we do now. So if you're doing a, any type of class, there is an element of Pilates in it. Pilates is core stability it's deep abdominal strength it's shoulder stability it's trunk stability so okay. that you can run better play golf better swing a tennis racket better pick up a kid better just for me it's one of the prerequisites to fitness and to health okay cool 
Thank you. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> so what drove you to work specifically with women? And Oh, another good question. I was on a book event last night and three chaps turned up and I was really shocked because <laughs> I don't normally appeal to gentlemen but women gentlemen can sort their heads out they can just go directly there if they've got something they want to do they don't think about it they don't overanalyze it they just tend to do it yeah women are very very different they um invest in their bodies a certain amount they know that it's good for them to exercise to eat well but actually investing in themselves into a, a larger degree is very very difficult and then they put in all these stories there's all these other things that need to come first or there's all these trials and tribulations ups and downs that stop them from moving forward so women in my opinion are much more interesting <laughs> yes agreed and complicated <laughs> yes which itself is interesting because there's always a trigger there's always yeah. a trigger to um, things that we do there's always an emotional trigger there's a reason behind it and we either eat over them we gossip over those issues yeah. or drink over them or we take drugs over them and and finding out what those triggers are that set us free to go and be the women that we are supposed to be and the women that we're going to be for our children, our daughters and our sons. So I want to talk about your book. Yeah. So show us the book. Yay! Gorgeous. How to look and feel fantastic every day. <laughs> Love it. Love it. And I know we connected on LinkedIn because I saw some of your photo shoot and I was like, what is this book? <laughs> so well, I like to have fun. I don't like taking things too seriously. I think a lot of um, nutritionalists and health, I was going to say fanatics, but health people tend to be, you know, quite harsh and quite, you know, slap your hands and don't go near the fridge. And, you know, it's all a bit, it, it's too much. It's it's too strict. So I like to be lighthearted. I like to encourage rather than tell. I like to open the space for people. Yeah. Um, and that's what makes it fun for me. And, and that's what I wanted the book to be. So the photo shoot had to reflect how I feel and the lightheartedness with education and a good scientific background. But it's not an English expression rammed down your throat. It needs yep. to feel as if you can take this. It's meaningful, but it's also accessible. You are able to do things. It's a can do experience rather than a, it's too much. I'm going to crash and burn. It's, it needs to be something that you can hold on to and, and work with. Definitely. So I think that um, health and wellness is really complicated. Okay. Because of all the different information that's coming in to women about what the right path yeah. to get there, like the how to lose weight, like this is the way or this is the way. And I know um, I share a house with my mom who's 85 now and she's a three-time breast cancer survivor. 
and we've and she's done some radical changes to her diet but in that journey of trying to figure that out we've gotten a lot of different conflicting yeah. information um and one of the funny things she not funny that she hurt her back but we had one doctor say ice it one doctor say no ice only heat and one oh. doctor say alternate heat and ice and we were just like yeah. oh my god yeah. just make up your mind is it heat or is it ice or you know yeah and it's um, and there's so much at stake yeah emotionally it's really hard i i have to be honest i find it very simple but that's because I've spent the last 20 years gazing at my navel and reading books and, and getting it all sorted in my own head. And I know what works for me. Um, okay. So simplify it for us. Well, I'd love to. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I think the last 50 years have been an experiment and it's not just me that says this it's it, there's fantastic authors celebrated authors best-selling authors that have said the same things to to name a few nina teicholz gary tobes um dr malcolm gladwell we've got lots of authors researchers medical researchers that have said the same thing that the last 50 years has been an experiment and it's an experiment that's gone wrong there was a, a country study a seven country study carried out by ansel keys and it was based on the president eisenhower at the time in the 1950s who had suffered quite a lot of heart attacks and the whole premise that fats make you fat came from the comparison of america which was eating a lot of fat at the time and japan that weren't eating a lot of fat so they decided they looked at the uh, japanese diet and they decided that the reason we were having heart attacks is because there was too much cholesterol in our diet and therefore fat is making us fat and that is very very simplified and that has been turned on its head Look, recent research looks at the same period between japan and america and japan was actually suffering from a lot of strokes so they had their own health issues which didn't come up at the time the original research only carried out on seven countries so it was quite minimal and the countries didn't involve high fat consuming countries like in europe france and germany so there has been other research now that's looked at nine country studies um, and they have looked at all sorts of variants and one of the biggest variants one of the biggest issues is things like stress that causes heart attacks rather than cholesterol and fat so cholesterol is a very specific type of fat so to me that in a nutshell is what has happened in the last 50 years we have started to eat low calorie food and low calorie food is generally high carbohydrates yes carbohydrates per you know if you compare them 10 grams of fat with 10 grams of protein and 10 grams of carbs carbohydrates and you've got your beige carbs and your green carbs beige carbs are your wheat your pasta your bread things like that um, are lower in calories than protein and fat therefore we have been calorie counting for the last 50 years and that upsets women it's rules that we can never uphold so our perfectionism our good girl syndrome goes 
crazy and um, we just can't sustain it so we then beat ourselves up and then we go on another diet which is actually not nutritionally possible because every time you eat carbohydrates you get a, a glucose response your body produces glucose then it produces insulin and you've got that up and down cycle yeah. all the time so you're constantly hungry whereas fats and protein are more sustainable they'll keep you fuller for longer you end up eating less and you're more sustained you've got more energy and your body is functioning better so to me the answer is pretty simple you can have all sorts of percentages you could go crazy with percentages and but if you look at neolithical man if you looked at our ancestors they were eating something like a 10 percent carbohydrate intake from berries that they'd foraged they were eating something like 60 to 70 percent my maths are going to go wrong here 60 to 70 percent fat and sort of 20 to 30 percent protein now the reverse is true and so common sense tells me um, and the research that I've looked at that if we reduce our carbs and increase our fats and proteins, we're going to be fuller for longer, sustained. We are going to be stronger. And let me just say one last thing, because I know it's a complicated subject. Forgive me. But as we age, as I age as a woman, I cannot synthesize. I cannot produce protein enough i cannot eat enough well i can eat enough but i cannot synthesize it into my muscles in the way that my 21 year old son can so he can eat less protein and it will synthesize it will be produced in his body and it will make muscle as an aging person i need to eat more protein i need more muscle in order to withhold my body frame because of pilates and posture and core strength And I need muscle to support my joints. So that's another consideration when we talk about increasing protein and fats. All right. So I kind of jumped like far into your book. So I want to go back to earlier in your book because you've got a lot of information about kind of like our inner work that we need to do and And my book, Launching Your Dreams, we actually talk about very similar things and how we get in our own way. I'm talking about it from like a business perspective or like doing what you want to do. And you're talking about it from a more personal health, self-care perspective. So it was really interesting to read the book. Um, But I loved how I thought I wrote it down. One point you said uninterrogated emotions i love that phrase i was like oh my gosh (laughs) so you talk about that inner voice and naming your inner voice Mm -hmm. and changing the inner voice and um i love i never thought about naming the inner voice i in my book talk about that inner voice and how it says things that if we heard it talking to our kids we would totally shut this person down and be like, no way. You don't talk to my kids like that. You don't say those horrible things to my kids. And you would jump in front of whoever it was and stop yeah. them and protect your kids. But we don't protect ourselves. Ourselves. Well said. That constant chatter. Um, so talk a little bit about 
like the things that you've found that are helpful in changing that inner voice or quieting it or well I think I like another phrase that I like and I've picked these phrases up so they may or may not be mine <laughs> shining the light of awareness unexpressed emotions now because I'm very kinesthetic I'm very body orientated I feel things um, rather than I'm not a well I am visual um, oratory it's more to do with um, feeling things so for me feeling an emotion in your body so if you get butterflies if your heart hurts or they're, they're all unexpressed emotions and you can either feel them or you can sense them and they're there for a reason they're a trigger they're a trigger from something that happened in childhood now i am i have had a lot of psychotherapy i've done that all down that route but a coach is much simpler and rather than expressing what's happened like some sort of horrific incident in our childhood I'm not a keen advocate of going back and rehashing that whole past experience. You know, I've been down that route. Um, I found it really frustrating that that wasn't moving on. Yeah. So a coaching experience is more about noticing the emotion. So we know as a child, things can feel completely out of proportion. So if you're five years of age and mum says, no, you can't have any ice cream, um, you're going to feel that in a huge emotional response because you're five. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're not equipped to understand it, but that could make you feel an emotional response to ice cream and not being able to have it suddenly yeah. becomes an adult issue because we haven't realized, you know, you don't have to, understand the moment you don't have to understand the conversation you don't have to have any regression you just know to, you need to realize that um, there is an emotion there yeah. uh, and sitting with that emotion just sitting it with it whatever comes up so i've got this gurgly stomach i'm really upset about something you don't have to look at why it's there you just have to accept that it's there sit with it and then it will move on. It will naturally pass. And that to me is of huge benefit because then you start to clear the debris that sat in our bodies, like tight shoulders or yeah. physical manifestations of stress or past issues that we haven't dealt with. Um, and calling out those names, as you say, giving her a name. I often ask clients, so, so who is talking to you? Often it can be, and I hate to say it, but it, can be our mummy or it could be an aunt or it could be so sometimes you give it that name right or sometimes you just give it a completely different name the point is you recognize her you recognize when she talks to you and then you have another name that you use for your inner goddess so your inner beauty how would as a how would you parent yourself how would your higher self talk to that five-year-old child that can't have ice cream she wouldn't tell her off she right. would just say so you you might call your your inner child rosie and you might call um your inner goddess gloria <laughs> so how would gloria but it makes it nice and it makes it accessible and it makes it fun and it's not it's not too difficult it's not 
It's not yeah. wading through mud. It's just making things very lighthearted and realizing that it's not quite as stressful as we first imagine. Definitely. And it makes it, um, I, I don't know the right word, but more tangible to like identify that voice of like, oh, this is Rosie or whatever you name the voice um, instead of just listening to it and yeah. just letting it run on and on. Like yeah. it feels like it gives it a little bit more, um, gives you a little bit more control perhaps. I agree. I agree. Well, it just brings it out. It shines the light of awareness. You re And it also, you can disassociate, you can um, reduce the emotion. So if the voice is going on, it sounds crazy, doesn't it? But if the voice is in your head, does, but we all have it. <laughs> if they're if they're if they're not recognized and you know called into line or however you want to put it, then they'll just keep going and they'll just they'll be run riot and they'll upset you more and more and more. So yeah, giving them something that you can work with more tangible, more recognizable. Um, really does reduce their impact it makes them easier to access and easier to let go of there's no emotional attachment to them anymore they start to, oh there she is she's off again yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so i love that part of the book and then in another chapter you talked about the cosmic woo-woo approach i think i wrote that down right <laughs> Yeah, well, it's a phrase that we talk about, isn't it? I mean, when we talk about higher self or when we talk about any kind of spiritual or, uh, you know, anything that comes from your inner self, um, the business world call it woo-woo. I think it comes from the Denise in uh, New Zealand. She calls it woo-woo. Um, but it's just basically another name for your intuition, your higher self, your goddess, um your your common sense you know yeah. your adult self um to me it's just a name that's been it, it, it's just something that makes it real for you wherever you are on your journey and however you want to um, approach it whether it's spirituality or whether it's just common sense and grounded and stuff like that but yeah so that's a phrase that's that's being banded around to make it feel a little bit more grounded and stronger and um, bringing it back to basics. Well, the other phrase that I liked was blissipline. Is that yeah. how you say that? <laughs> Blissipline. That's not my phrase. That is from Mind Valley, Vishen Lakhani. Um, he does this wonderful meditation app. Uh, he's an American Indian. Um, he's Silicon Valley, but he's changed it to Mind Valley, and he uses that phrase blissipline, and it's the discipline of blissipline. So, bringing yourself up to a feeling of bliss, harmony, happiness. Um, yeah, that comes from Vishen Lakhani. He is amazing. He's got this little phone app, um, and you can download guided meditations. And they're great. They're great for taking 10 minutes out of your day just to bring us, root yourself back into the moment and into your day. Cool. So 
unbelievably, we just have a few more minutes, but what I was so impressed with in your book is that it's not like a recipe book. No. Like, <laughs> like do this on Monday, do this no. on Tuesday, which I have a whole million. <laughs> and most of the time you can't even afford to do what they're telling you. Exactly. Because it doesn't, yeah, well, whatever. But your book looked at like the whole person, like mind, body, spirit, exercise, like, like it's like all the pieces that you need to look at. It's not just about the food that you're putting in your body, but it's this spiritual piece over here and this mind piece over here and movement. It's all the all of those pieces together. So why do you think that is an important? It, it's just where I was led, if I'm honest. It was the client-led decision because, you know, I started off like most nutritionalists, most fitness instructors and said, here's the nutritional program. Here's safe exercises you can do. Get on with it. <laughs> and it didn't work. It worked for some. Yeah. Diets always work for some, you know, people that are in a good headspace, they've got an objective in mind, it works for some, A-type personalities or whatever, some sort of agenda, it works. But as soon as I started to um, really send that out to clients, so many came back with stories and they don't even know that they've got these stories within them. And I, and I realized really, really quick, quickly working with clients that it's not about the nutrition and it's not about the exercise. They're important and people need to know and they need to be educated. But yep. what's more important is why we hold ourselves back and the whole mindset. You've got to get that right. There's some fantastic work by Carol Dweck and she talks about fixed mindset and growth mindset. Yep. And this whole fixed mindset of I can't do it, um, diets, uh, here I go on another diet. Um, and what happens with the brain cells is they start to um, re retract and you get, get stuck. You get stuck in this fixed mindset. But if you, if you feel positive, if you get some good rewards, if you start with healthy habits and you start hitting the dopamine receptors in your brain, oh, I've done this, I've succeeded, I'm drinking my water, I'm little tiny, tiny, tiny things, then your brain cells start to open up, make more connections, growth mindset, and you start to make bigger and bigger changes. So I knew that I had to move people out of fixed mindset I had to work with the whole holistic being so I got to that because of my clients they taught me <laughs> always as as a coach I yeah I'm never sure who learns more me or them <laughs> oh what a lovely thing to say <laughs> but I think that um in looking at your book like you have a ton of research like in the back so it's not just like no. you, like it's based on your experience but also like there's a lot of citations back there which was so impressive um but i just loved all the pieces that you pulled together and then there's exercises to do not like physical no. but, but like here like work on this and 
So I know for myself, I'm going to go back now and do the exercises and spend more time um, because I think there was such value in that whole holistic approach and the guidance that's there. So tell me how you work with people, because I know that you have several different programs on your site, getgorgeous.com, with a hyphen in there, get dot, yeah. get-gorgeous.com. So tell me about what... what well, I would, I would love people to read the book first before they, they come and work with me, because they know how I work, and they'll, they'll understand a little bit of um, me and... And I think that you probably feel the same. It's much better when you the when the person knows a little bit more about their coach. Um, and then I've got three different programs. If you are really really good and you feel completely happy and you can just work with the nutrition and the exercise, then I've got an online platform and you can just go straight into that. And then I offer a mid. Um, level which is some coaching from me alongside those that online nutritional program with exercise um, coming back with adherence making sure that we're connecting together and that has coaching calls with it and then I've got my premier which is working together for a much longer time until we get the job done basically <laughs> okay. so I don't walk away until the client is comfortable um, and I leave it kind of open ended like that. So, yeah, I, I tend to be quite organic with my coaching now. When I first started, I was very, very strict. Um, but now I kind of work with a client, have a call like this um, and find out what they need. Yeah. Then you can sit the appropriate level that's going to work for them. Um, and sometimes it's really easy and sometimes it takes a couple of calls. So I tend to, to work like that. I find out what the client needs. Very cool. So where's the best place for people to get your book? Oh, they can buy it on Amazon. Beautiful. It's available on um, Amazon and they can, yeah, that's probably the best place to get it because it's on .co.uk Amazon, but it's also on .com Amazon. And uh, because I'm UK based, I've got a lot of, um, Um, reviews on the .co.uk but only two on .com so if any of your beautiful American friends listeners (laughs) oh I'll I'll go on there (laughs) oh thank you Donna Um, that would make my day because um, Amazon as you know it's all about reviews and making sure what other people think um, that makes things work yeah so go to Amazon and you'll find it I think what you have to type in is gorgeous Adele Stickland, which is a bit, <laughs> it's a bit strange, but Adele Stickland, no ruh, and it should come up. Okay, great. Great. So I would encourage people to pick up the book, Gorgeous, and then your website is get-gorgeous.com if people want to get in touch with you directly. Lovely. And I want to thank you so much for being here and sharing so much about your book your process and um it's just been fun talking with you and learning from you well it's such a delight to talk to you donna because you're so perceptive and you pick up things that 
you know you have to draw people out don't you I, you know it's really hard to know what to talk about because I could talk at quite a lot <laughs> so well, to, I know we could talk a lot longer yeah, I know we no, could <laughs> so thank you so much for your time and I'm so glad we've connected and, and I really do hope we chat again soon definitely thank you Have you picked up the Visionary Womenpreneurs Field Guide yet? It's filled with information to help you build a marketing system that becomes predictable and reliable for growing your business. Pick up the field guide today at visionarywomenpreneurs.com. Thanks for joining me today at Visionary Women Printers Radio. I hope it was helpful to you in your journey as a visionary woman printer. And I hope that you'll join our community on Facebook, Visionary Women Printers, and join the conversation. I look forward to seeing you on our next show. Make it a great day. <music>